Hello, all sentient beings, and welcome to a special Transmissions podcast where we're talking third-party... On the special episode, we have an interview with Spencer from Moss Toys to talk about their crowdfunding campaign for Tetrajet Seekers, and we get into some interesting discussions on third-party toys in general. We hope you enjoy the special episode of Transmissions. Welcome to a special episode of Transmissions. The podcast that loves to give you an inside view of the third-party Transformer toy universe. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Yusuf, better known as Yoshi. Yo! Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, let's talk Transformers. All right, and uh, this is a special episode. We've got a very cool interview, and Daryl, I'm going to let you take it away. All right. Well, uh, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to answer a bit of a, a question that we posed on the last episode. It uh, it was because we discussed the Maz Toys Air Soldiers uh, Kickstarter project, or crowdfunding, and because uh, it's not on Kickstarter... And uh, soon after that uh, story was on our show, we got an email from Mastoys. So we thought uh, in their email, they described uh, in detail everything that I got wrong on the show and uh, and thought, you know what? Uh, what I thought was would be a really good idea is if Mastoys were to come on the show and uh, maybe tell it better themselves because – I obviously cannot read, and uh, I thought, you know what? Let's see if they'll do it, and they did. So let's welcome to the show Spencer, who is a uh, the Maz Toys rep, and he is based in the Philippines. Hello, Spencer. Hello, hello, everybody. How's everybody? We're good. Yeah, awesome. thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, I really appreciate the opportunity to. Uh, to be able to get the word out more, being able to speak verbally is always a lot better than trying to do things through text or through emails or through anything along mm-hmm. those lines. I think it's a lot easier to get your point across that way. Yeah. Now, this wasn't originally part of my uh, my plan to, during the interview, but uh, when I started talking to you this evening, you don't have much of a Filipino accent. And uh, that uh, that came abundantly clear when I found out you were from. Tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, Spencer. Uh, well, my name Spencer Wilson. I have been involved in the Transformer community for a very, very long time, like since the since the nineties. And um, I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada. And yeah, another yeah. Canadian, <laughs> yes. making it big. <laughs> It's, uh, I've, I've had a very, how to say, I've been very involved in the trans fandom in one way or another for many, many, many years. I worked in a collectible toy store in the nineties and in the two thousands, I actually had opened ages three and up toys and collectibles in Vancouver, which is a fairly well-known toy store in the, in the Vancouver area. 
And uh, I did that for many years until I decided to kind of go a different route. And I sold off my store to a good friend of mine. And I sort of focused more on the 12-inch scale, like, you know, like Hot Toys. Before Hot Toys was big, but doing a lot of 12-inch stuff. But like every Transformer fan, I was slowly pulled back to the Transformer world. And I worked with Boris for a couple of years at the Ages 3 and Up store again to bring it back to... Ages 3 and Up is an actual brick-and-mortar store. So you can go in and you can see all the Transformer product and all the cool stuff. And eventually I was kind of contacted by some of my friends in the third-party company or third-party industry who have known me for a long time and whatnot, asked me for a little bit of help. And that introduced me to more of the third-party world. I moved from Vancouver to Hong Kong and I worked with many different third-party companies for a while. And then uh, in Hong Kong, I met my wife and my whole life kind of changed. I ended up moving to the Philippines, but I still work very closely with many different third-party companies in bringing the Western way of doing things for the Western view of the Transformer world to a very predominantly Asian uh, industry. So it's that's uh, kind of where I'm at. Oh, awesome! So you've yeah you've you've traveled around, uh, done a lot of stuff on on the Transformer side. Um, all I've, right, I've, so you... I've been lucky, you know. It's it, it's like they say with a lot of a lot of things. It's really it's not only about what you know, but it's about who you know. So I've been really lucky with mm. the people that I know. So you're at Maz Toys now, and and you're their representative. Um, now, the one thing that they're doing uh, right now, and and a lot of people may only know Maz Toys from uh, the Skiff figure that they put out last year, and it's a it's a great looking figure. It's uh it's the Cybertronian mode of Bumblebee essentially, and it's a it's a very well known figure. There's been a lot of uh, repaints of it for different uh, exclusives around. And then you've got the, um, I, I've forgotten the name, but the, the gold bug version of it as well. And, uh, and, and, and that's done very well. Now, the last time I heard of before the crowdfunding project, the last thing I heard from, from Maz Toys is there was going to be a pipes. And, and then I believe there was a brawn in the works as well. But um, that seems to have gotten uh, pushed aside uh, for this now crowdfunding project. Can you tell me whether those two projects are still kind of on the table? Um, because those were really of, of big interest to some people, especially the pipes. Uh, definitely. All the Cybertronian stuff is still... And, and those two are only a small spattering of what wants to be sort of done in the Cybertronian line. So there's there's been artwork done for the um, uh, a Cliffjumper version... There's been talk about essentially doing all the minifigures. So anybody, the Cosmos, the uh, the Wind Charger mold, the man, my mind, like even a hubcap, like, like all the small, the small okay. characters, the will get done eventually in a Cybertronian version 
of one form or another. So the line was slated to do pretty much everything in that line. Now, what may or may not be known with a lot of the people who work with or who follow Moss is Moss actually got very heavily involved with the Mayhem Mechanics stuff last year. And while the skiff was released, Ben Moss got super involved with Mayhem Mechanics and that actually took up a ton of time and resources and development. So everything on the Moss end of things kind of got pushed back a little bit, but none of it is off the table. It's still all, uh, it's still all in plans. Okay. So can we assume that, that Moz toys is going to be sticking with the Cybertronian aesthetic, the same way that say planet X is sticking with the, the video game aesthetic. Well, it's, I think you'll find that Moss Toys has a very different, uh, a different feel on how they how they do things. In that, it's not Moss Toys doesn't follow a very specific formula or a very specific uh, aesthetic or anything along those lines. Because the I, the concept or the idea behind what we're doing is let the designers do what they want to do. And not say, like, here's a piece of animation. It needs to be done exactly like this. We want it to do everything like this. It's The concept is have fun with it. And while the Bumblebee was definitely taken off the Don Figora War Within artwork, it was still, when given to the designer, was like, this is kind of what we would like it to look like, but have fun with it. Do something to make it fun it's not about complexity it's not about let's make this difficult to transform or difficult to play with let's make it fun and so everything in the line was set up to be this kind of fun aesthetic if that makes Mm -hmm. sense of course yeah um so so tell me a bit about this crowdfunding project because uh, I was obviously confused as to what the heck was going on here. Um, but uh, so you're looking for uh, $80,000 as a goal to do the first three Seekers, that being Starscream, or let's call them what they're, your guys are calling them, uh, Screamers, or sorry, Hell Screamers. No. Um, no. <laughs> Hell Screamers nope. is, okay, is uh, a Cynic Studio huh, let- brand of four-inch action figure. But uh, the first figure uh, is the first figure is Renegade, correct? Right, Stormbreaker and Wraith, correct? Okay, there we go. I've got it now. (laughs) Um, So, so you're looking for eighty thousand to do that? See, I told you I don't know anything about this project. Um, And he's a toy guy, so (laughs) there's only so much can fit in my head, Jeremy. Um, But yeah, so you're getting. You're getting there. You've got 35 days left on the uh, on the, the crowdfunding campaign. You're almost at eighteen thousand um, dollars, and you've got 64 pledges, which is which is great. And you're you're on your way. If you hit that goal of eighty thousand, then you'll uh, release a another character, one of the Coneheads. Uh, I'm looking at the names here. I don't. 
maybe not see the names. Anyway, um, these will be – I don't see the names. Um, <laughs> oh, so, Airlift, uh, Phantom, and mm. Reaper. Correct. So – so this will be at the 80,000 mark, the 90,000 mark, and the 100,000 mark if you get to those stretch goals. Um, and, and, and that's essentially the campaign. Um, and you can get in on all different kinds of, uh, of, of back levels. Um, at, uh, for each individual figure is not 90 bucks uh, or a full set of three for 260. And then you've got retailer incentive level, which is a, a good chunk of change at 2,500 bucks. Um, now tell me why, uh, Maz Toys decided to go with this crowdfunding campaign. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting story. Kind of not, but, uh, the idea originally when we gave the idea to the designer was we wanted to do the kind of the, the triangle style Starscream in our cyber tech line. And so we, we, you know, kind of gave the designer this, um, this is our outlay and said, go, go ahead and do it. And then what he came back with was way beyond what we expected. Like it was, a, it was a little bit bigger. It was a little more complicated. It was, it was not saying it's bad, but saying it wasn't what we expected. So it puts this on a very different level from the figures that we already had planned and that we were, you know, budgeting for and all these kind of things. So we, as a team, looked at the whole process and said, well, you know what, this is, unfortunately, this is beyond our means at the moment, but we all want to see this come to fruition because it's an amazing figure. Like everything about the figure is quite impressive that it looks as it does in robot mode and then what it does in the, in the vehicle mode and the alt mode, it, it's hard to believe that the two come from the, the same, the same piece. So we came up with this plan where we said, well, what we'll do is we'll open up a crowd fund and we'll try and get the, um, get essentially the mold cost out of the crowdfund because if we get the mold costing out of the crowdfund, we can cover the production end of it. So that's what we're looking at. The 80, the 80 K is not, um, not necessarily, as you say, to get all three going, but the 80 K is essentially so that we can do the first three, the second three, and any and all repaints and recolors and anything that anybody wants to do out of it because the ADK covers the mold costing and um, and then, you know, any admin fees, sort of the designer fees, some of the other odds and ends that end up being involved there. So that's why the ADK mm-hmm. was sort of our our goal on that. Sorry, did that answer your question or did I go like, I went way off tangent. No, no, it did. It, uh, it's definitely more of a, of a, of a business, uh, answer than I, I, uh, you know, than I thought it might have been. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, it's not more of like, uh, we had this dream 
of making these things. No, but, uh, I, I think you'll you know, find that factory with... burned down, and then we had to raise only. We could only get them done if we made eighty thousand dollars, and we they release the, the hostage. And um, there's you know, it's much more of a business businessy answer than than the, yeah. the one I built up in my well, head. The the nice thing about Moss, and this is something that. Um, that is becoming more and more well known throughout the community is we're not here to lie. We're not here to deceive and we're fairly open about what we're doing and what we want to bring to the public. We're all fans. We are fans. This isn't necessarily about business. It's not about making a lot of money. It's not about whatever. It's about, we want to make really cool toys and we want to bring them to the public and we want everybody to be able to enjoy what we see in our heads. So it's a very different concept from what you see from a lot of the other companies. I think you'll find that, you know, companies like Fans Project aren't very communicative with their community. You'll find companies like Make Toys, even Fans Toys, like all these other people tend to not have as much interactivity with the, with the community. We're not here to lie to you or to be deceiving in any way whatsoever. So yeah, it, it mm -hmm. is kind of a, it is kind of a business end of things. And I mean, the, the bottom line is th there's, there's two things to consider in this one. If we reach the 80 K everything will eventually get done. The only thing the crowdfund does for you is it enables you, the user to get a better price and you get a better price right. by, contributing to the project. If you want to wait and we do make the 80K, then fine, they'll be available at retail. They'll be available through retailers or through our own website or whatever else you want to do. But if we can't reach the 80K, then nothing will happen. The project, unfortunately, will mm -hmm. not proceed at this time. And whether we revisit it in the future or whatever is a possibility, but guaranteed that if we do not reach that level, then the first three won't get made. The, the last three won't get made, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so, um, sorry. So if this, sense? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfectly now. Okay. So if it happens, then, then you, you're going to see, the 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 first three seekers and uh whether you get the the 100k or the 80k the 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 cone heads will happen eventually um and because the molds are paid for and it's a seeker mold you will we would see uh uh an a flur a flurry of of repaints of this guy in all the the repaint uh you know glory that the seeker mold has been done well, on, on the repaints, and just to be like really clear about this, the repaints will 100% be controlled by the people who support the crowdfund. They will be the oh. ones who are choosing the repaint colors. So all of the, the color combinations, the, the styles, like anything that comes in will be submitted by all the people who support the project and then the colors that we go with will all be voted upon by the people who support the project. So it will be a hundred percent community driven 
repaint color potential project. Yeah, not us. So everyone that's going to contribute to the the cost, you're going to maintain contact with them so that they can be a part of this project going forward in any way, shape, or form. Correct. And again, because we are using our own website for this procedure, instead of a platform like Indiegogo or uh, Kickstarter or whatever, you because you're creating an order by your pledge, it means your information is in the system. And all we do is we... Um, apply an attribute to your customer, uh, your customer name, and then we will have very specific web pages and stuff that will only be able to be accessed by you as a supporter, and you'll be the ones making all the decisions on this project moving forward. Because by uh, by pledging on this, it means you're becoming a part of the project, you're supporting the project, mm-hmm. you're being involved in the project. So we want to make that involvement as as big as possible for everybody involved. That's great. I love that. Um, Charles, you had a question? Yeah, I was curious uh, about, you know, with the Seekers, it seems like Starscream is is generally the the obvious favorite with the with the different Seekers. And now you have the incentive where you get the coronation kit with the, you know, with the Renegade figure that I... I, I think you don't get with the with the other two. So I'm just curious, do you see a lot of people going for the other two rather than Renegade or do, or most people picking the the Renegade as a as a first uh, as their first pick? Well, you know, I'm I'm going to be totally blatantly honest with you guys. I actually haven't gone through the data and to see okay. what I I it's been so emotional this ride and I want this to succeed so badly that if I go in and go through all the numbers and get like, like, oh man, we're at, it's great that we're at this number, but I really want to be at this number. And like, like, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want I don't want to drive myself out of any like amazing positivity that I have on this already. And all the guys on the crew are uh, are really pleased with where we're at numbers wise and feel that we're definitely on the right track. But as for what the breakdown is at the moment, I'm actually not, I'm not too sure. Okay. So I apologize for that. No, that's fine. I, I was just curious. Uh, I mean, even if you don't, if, without knowing the actual numbers, do you, do you get the sense that that more people are interested in you know in the in the renegade or the star scream just because you get that that extra bonus? I'm not sure if it's because it's the bonus or because it's it's renegade. It's the character. Yeah. It's the yeah. one that that people want. But it's interesting following some of the community. I mean, you see a lot of people in the community who are like, "Oh, I'm so tired of." Um, you know, more seeker repaints. I'm so tired of more seeker designs, this, that, and the other. And, you know, I want to see this color and I want to see this color. And I'm like, great, you know, that's, that's awesome. I want to see all these other colors as well, but to get to the other colors, we need to be able to support the actual like full, I I mean, really out of, out of the grand scheme of things, how many more people are going to buy a sunstorm over a renegade? Mm-hmm. In reality, right? I mean, we have to be real about what we're talking about here. Renegade as a character is far more popular than 
the rainmakers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we you need to get through the you need to get through the first bit before we can get to the good bit afterwards. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I'm not. I I didn't uh, pick up Skiff last year. Uh, I'm I was on the fence, and uh, I believe we determined I talked to you at TFCon, but I never really pulled the trigger. And I do kind of kick myself because I've seen really good reviews on it, but it it looks to me that it's not masterpiece scale, which it, that doesn't that, that doesn't matter to me. But these new uh, air soldiers that you're doing with the crowdfunding, they appear to be masterpiece scale. Now, was I right? Is that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so, can you comment on the 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 scale differences uh and and whether it is a change or whether it's it's just the the designers that you have are are uh, doing their own thing like you said and and weren't really communicating on the scale okay scale oh this is such an ugly word and um it's a it's a transformers podcast and we're getting into some ugly territory (laughs) yes i am now now first of all Knowing myself and the type of collector that I am, I am not a scale collector. I do not care about scale whatsoever. It's not the size of the figure. It's how you play with it. It's what the figure brings to the (laughs) table. Yes. And um, I like toys because they're toys, not because they're display pieces on my shelf that make a very specific looking scene that's not that that's not my uh that's not the way i look at transformers as a whole and i think that again somebody who's been in the industry for as long as i have there are certain things like for example transformers prime brought some of the most amazing transformers to the market ever in innovation in design in like everything that they had to bring to the table, Viacons were unbelievably well done figures. The um, uh, there there are several pieces out of the, the the Transformers Prime line that I think are above and beyond even masterpiece figures in many um, in many areas of ability to keep to a lower price point yet have a certain level of transformation. So. When it comes to things like scale and whatnot, Moss Toys as a whole has been very much kind of along the same attitudes as myself, where it's not necessarily about scale. Now, when it comes to Renegade, Renegade was to be done at 20 centimeters from foot to head. That Mm -hmm. was the size and how you apply that as scale is kind of up to the individual. So in this instance, when you look at a figure that's 20 centimeters, the Make Toys, um, the Striker Manus, their Optimus Prime, is 20 centimeters. Would you call that a masterpiece figure? Does that fit in your masterpiece scale? <laughs> I, I, I'm... I am familiar with Striker Manas. I don't own one. I don't, uh, 
So uh, I, I guess it would be, um, although an Optimus Prime should be bigger than Starscream, right? So uh, I guess it would be a little smaller than than Masterpiece scale for a start for an Optimus Prime figure. But again, it's 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 an um, interpretation, it's, it's, right? It's, like at the end of the day, it is. It's, it's very much a, scale is weird. It, it is very very much. And so. you're going to have those cu- those customers, those those people that are going to want scale so badly because. These are going to be, uh, you know, these are their Cybertronian modes and they're, they've been aching for Cybertronian, you know, modes of everybody for decades. Yes. And they finally got some good ones, but they want them to look, they want all of them to look good together. <laughs> and they, you know, if they don't, they're going to be heartbroken, yes. you know? End of the so world stuff. The, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so the idea of scale comes up, and you know, so I, I needed to to kind of run that one by you. Yeah, for sure. I I I totally get it, and I think at twenty centimeters, when you're looking at like, if you measure the Make Toys um, meteor, the um, their Star yes. Screen, yep. you'll find that it's a little bit taller than twenty cent twenty centimeters. I think it's twenty one or 21.5 or something okay. very, very similar. So it's, it's not so far off size wise from that star scream. And it's definitely smaller than the leader class movie star scream, like considerably smaller than, than that leader class, which again was that one was part of the masterpiece line, the masterpiece movie line. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, when you're talking scale, it fits in how you see it. So, is the Cybertronian Starscream going to be sta- going to be shorter than the uh, the Earth mode Starscream because of its Cybertronian mode? I mean, who who cares? <laughs> He's on Cybertron, <laughs> and he could be whatever size he is because he's a Cybertronian version. And when his body gets the earth mode, then obviously there are certain aspects of the size and the scale of the figure that may end up changing. So, yeah. I I mean, let's just say Sky Spy went out to find a vehicle mode that fit as close in aesthetic to the robot mode as their Cybertronian style and found that the F-15, hey, look, the wings work. The same as our Cybertronian version. So, yeah, let's go with this. And it upped his, upped his size by a couple of meters to fit the, you know, fit the F-14 into the robot mode. Mm-hmm. Did, um, that sort of works. Sure, you, there <laughs> you go. The lines, I'll, right? I'll take it. The, um, <laughs> the, the, the Takara uh, Masterpiece Skywarp uh, is uh, 25 and a half centimeters. So... So it's a little smaller than than the official uh, masterpiece uh, scale. So uh, I'll take it. That's the the MP11. Yeah, yeah. Wow, is the meteor that much smaller? How, I guess. I guess you don't have one on hand, but I always thought the meteor actually was quite a bit smaller than the MP11. But you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I mm. really can't stand the MP. Yeah, it's weird. Starscream so the, the sky the sky warp is 25, and then the uh, ramjet, which is taller because of the cone head is shorter 
So it's I don't really? I don't get it. It's so either somebody can't measure or it's uh or it, it is actually shorter. So weird. But yeah, I'm just looking at some yeah. some stats on these guys right now. Yeah. You know, I think like when it comes to scale, I think every scale is very interpreted individually. So just because something fits on your shelf doesn't necessarily mean it would fit on my shelf or fit on his shelf or fit on her shelf or whatever. It's a very personal, uh, it's a very personal thing. So um, I don't think there's any way that you will ever be able to say, yes, this is masterpiece scale and fits exactly in this way. Mm -hmm. I think really the only way, and, and this may be like make a lot of people really, really angry. I think the only way to really govern a masterpiece scale properly is to go off the alt mode because the alt mode is what we're talking about. Mm. If you have a Volkswagen bug and a Corvette and a Lamborghini and a rig and all these things, these are real world vehicles. It's their alt mode. That should be what you're looking at first. Yeah. That's where the scale should be. But yeah. Anyway, and, we- and sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that 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 means all the Decepticons will step on all the Autobots because they're much bigger than than the it cars. does. It does, but then you know we have to look at the origins of all of this, and I think that's where a lot of people have this this crazy gloss over their eyes that they're not seeing is that Hasbro just took a bunch of toys and put them all together mm-hmm. and said, "Let's make a cartoon and." Like, it's not like a lot of thought went into this. It's not like somebody was saying they, they were basing the cartoon off of the scale of the toys, how tall the toys were. Starscream was the height in the show because the toy was a certain height in relativity, in, in relativity to the Optimus Prime toy. And Bumblebee ended up being a certain height because the Bumblebee toy came up to you know, the toy knees of the Optimus Prime. So the scale all originated from the toy line in the first place. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we we could go on in this for hours, sure. I'm sure. Now, okay, so let's get back to the Air Soldiers project and we'll kind of wrap it up here. Let's assume this is successful. Will we, uh, will, should we be expecting to see more uh, crowdfunded uh, ideas from Moss Toys? I think that would really depend on... Actually, I can I can guarantee you that there will be certain crowdfunds that will happen from Moss Toys, but they're not Transformer-related. Okay. They're like in a, in a completely different genre, and that will be uh, something for later, later this year. But... Um, as for Transformer-related product, I can't say for certain, but I would like to be able to say that this, if this crowdfund is successful and everything goes according to plan, then this should really get the ball rolling for 
for not only continuing the smaller version of the Cybertronian line, but to further develop more Cybertronian style type stuff in this line. I, I really don't think there needs to be any any further crowdfunding involved. It's just, as I say, the, this figure ended up being a lot more than what was anticipated in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We've got a question from Charles. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, actually, I, I just uh, I wanted to ask a, a couple of questions about uh, just you know the third party scene in general. Um, <laughs> I mean, just yes. I, I'm <laughs> I'm curious. I mean, first, I, I mean, it seems like at least you know officially Hasbro doesn't seem to seems to kind of pretend you guys don't exist or just doesn't you know. And I I think that's that's good because I, I would, I would not like Hasbro to come and try to, you know, knock down doors or anything. So I'm just curious how you guys see your relationship or non-relationship with, with Hasbro and Takara. Uh, well, very, very good question. Very good indeed. And I think that this has a lot of ambiguity in the community with a lot of people. And there's still a lot of, uh, how to say armchair lawyers out there who feel that they have all the answers and may, maybe not necessarily know too much of the inner workings. While I was with Ages 3 and Up, um, I was a fairly large proponent of the, uh, the chaos that were happening in the early 2000s. There was a company in China who was manufacturing the generation one figures break down to the packaging, to the stamping. And there was a huge flurry online of how to differentiate between, um, between originals and between these, these really high end counterfeit KOs. And um, I was actually selling the product through industry and up at the time uh, being very open about what it was that it was a KO product that we opened the boxes before we sold them. So nobody could actually sell it as legitimate sealed product or anything like this. And, um, ages three and up actually received a cease and desist from Hasbro regarding these products. And I spent about a year back and forth with their, uh, legal department on, what's and why's and how's and all this sort of thing. And it ends up that according to their legal department at the time, that the problem with the KO stuff wasn't that they were making them. It wasn't anything along those lines. The problem came from the use of logos, using the Transformer brand, using the Hasbro logo, using all of these sort of things and selling a, a product as a legit Hasbro product because that has legal legal repercussions if somebody hurts themselves using the KO product. And that's what Hasbro wants to be able to protect. They want to protect themselves under any like, like legal issues or anything along those lines. When it comes to copyright, when it comes to infringement upon uh, artistic view on stuff Hasbro doesn't take as big a stand as say like Sideshow has recently taken in their like they don't want their um they don't want their reviewers doing any kind of KO product or anything that is 
not properly licensed and, and this sort of thing. Hasbro has been fairly lax on it. And I think at this point, if Hasbro were to do something, it would be a very, very, very expensive legal uphill battle for them to try and set any kind of precedence in the market at this point. I think it's just been left for far too long. And the only thing that they can go after is uh, on the third party market is, is, um, is like IP infringement, like the, the character, the um, who this character is supposed to be, who, whatever, because none of the third parties use names, none of them use logos. They're all done as legitimate third party product under a brand without infringing upon any of Hasbro's corporate entity, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense? That, yeah, that, that's, that's very interesting that it's, it's nice to just to, to get a, get a sense of how, how you guys see it. Cause this is something that we kind of speculate on, on our podcast all the time as fans who, you know, are, are looking at both sides. Like we enjoy the, the Hasbro stuff, the Takara stuff, and we enjoy the third party stuff too. We so also it's, enjoy it's nice being to... armchair lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's that's part of part of the fun and part and can be part of the speculation until you know until it gets out of hand, which it tends to do with some people sometimes. And and I mean, who knows? You know, maybe next week Moss Toys will see that cease and desist from Hasbro saying you can't be doing this. And if we if we do get it, you can be guaranteed the public will know about it. Like we'll be mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be pretty open about you know, what can and cannot be done for sure. So yeah, that's, I, that's kind of where we're at with it. Yeah, cool. What one, one more question I want to ask is just, and this is more like a, you mentioned how Maz toys is, is kind of letting their designers, you know, go where they where where they want to go and, and kind of explore uh, but I was curious, like, because, you know, one of the things with, with third party is there's a, a little bit of a tension of, um, you know, should we should we focus on figures that are the most recognizable, like the characters that everyone is that are likely to be people's favorites? Or should we look at, uh, you know, maybe more obscure characters or characters that we know are are kind of definitely not on Hasbro's kind of short list to get made because that's a that's kind of an underserved market where you know like I'm thinking of of characters from maybe the comics who who don't have official toys uh and you know we've seen we've seen like uh you know a lot of the um the more than meets the eye or lost light characters getting uh uh getting some uh, some third party figures so I was just curious if if you guys have any thoughts on how how you make those decisions or, or what you think is uh is is going to be the most uh, you know more uh i guess viable from a business sense yeah well definitely you're you're talking to somebody who's been involved with a fairly large number of third party companies and i can i can i can tell you for the most part it's 90% business and 10% let's do what we want so it's it comes down to what characters going to sell. And you'll find that unfortunately at the moment in the third party market, things are getting pretty tapped. And I think you'll see that's why a lot of the third party companies are really shifting to, um, 
to try and tap that new market within the Transformer brand. Uh, Iron Factory doing the legend scale and really doing very well with it. GT going with their um, uh, their more comic book inspired type stuff. And also, again, them doing well. Planet X, which was mentioned earlier, having their very similar aesthetic because the um, as much as the community likes the G1 Wars where... You know, there's, hey, look at us. We have choice. We can choose from seven different springers. I can tell you from a business standpoint, that hurts everybody. Having seven springers on the market destroys businesses. And (laughs) so um, it's, you're you're finding that a lot of the third-party companies are trying to find their niche. And that's why Keith, uh, the the X-Transbots, is doing their their first like big combiner like this G1 masterpiece scale really cheap because they're trying to break so how the conception of the third party market is looking in the um, in the masterpiece G1 uh, community so that they can try and break into that community properly because X Transpod has been having difficulty trying to compete with certain companies, uh, FT maybe. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, a lot of that just also kind of stems from the quality of your product. Right. So, yeah, but you can see there's definitely great difficulty and big change in the third party, uh, in the third party market as it is right now, while everybody's scrambling to find a way to still, keep in business and um, and operate using characters or genres that haven't been seen yet. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> uh, did anyone else have a question? Yeah, I got a question. Yeah, for sure. When when other companies put out uh, figures, uh, are you guys quick to snag snag them up and like reverse engineer them and see how they did certain things? The companies that I work with, mm-hmm. how to say? Okay, in, in any company, there's you know there's the guy on top, there's your designers, there's your you know, you're lowly people doing the shipping, blah, 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 all this, all this other kind of stuff. I find that the guy on top in most instances either doesn't care or is like kind of takes note of stuff, but then just kind of dismisses it where a lot of the designers will end up buying other companies' product, not necessarily to reverse engineer it, but to see how, it works Mm -hmm. and to avoid certain mistakes because like any professional field, you should constantly be developing your skills and the designers and the owners are, are very, very different people in, in most of, well, in every instance that I know in the third party industry, it is not the designers running the show. It is some guy who's like, I have some money. I want to make some money. I'll find a designer and I'll sell this stuff. The designers are constantly trying to update their own skills and learning 
by learning what other people are doing, which is why you've seen such an, an astronomical development curve in the third party industry, because everybody is trying to outdo the last figure from so-and-so from so-and-so. So, so this is kind of something that designers do on their own dime just because of it's their main interest. This isn't like a, 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 what is it? A budget within mass toys that says, Hey, we let's stay on top of the curve and find out why three different MP scaled Megatrons came up and why each one sucks and why each one's awesome. Um, I think different companies, like everybody, every company does things in their own kind of their own kind of way of doing things. So um, for Moss Toys, it's still a pretty small company. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of money to be like, you know, say going and buying all their designers, whatever they want and, and, and this kind of thing. But um, if there is the ability for Moss Toys to get product at a, at a lower price for their designers through, you know, obviously intermingling channels and whatnot, then they'll definitely do what they can to help out. In one office that I worked at uh, when I was in Hong Kong, the, the owner of the company bought everything, like, like every transforming figure that any company ever put out on the market at any time. And he just leaves everything in the office. Uh-huh. And so everybody in the office has access to all of these things and so can play with them, can figure them out or, or whatever. But it ends up that it's, it's the owner who has everything you know, for himself and then it all ends up in, uh, in storage or in display areas for reference for later. So yeah, everybody's a little bit different, right? I mean, right. I can I can only comment on people that I've worked with, mm-hmm. but I find that most most of the people that I've worked with ha- enjoy the hobby, like they enjoy transformers for what they are. That's why they're doing this. It's because they they love transformers and they want to be able to express themselves through their work, which is design work. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same way as an artist who wants to express himself through doing images or doing paintings or, or whatever. It's the same. It's still an artist. A designer is still an artist. Right. So, you know, doing they want to express themselves that way by generating something in three dimensions that people can actually enjoy. So, yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. That, that answers your question? Uh, yes, it does. Ah, good, good, good. good. Perfect. Sorry, guys. I know, like, I know we've gone on probably a little bit longer. No, than no, you're good. Anticipated, and I apologize. You're good. This has been really, uh, really good. Um, so, as a little bit of a wrap up here, I saw you last year at TFCon. Will you be at any conventions this year? <laughs> uh, TFCon Canada is coming up very, very shortly. In um, wow, in like. One month's time, just about almost to the day. Yes, it just so happens that the uh, end of your crowdfunding campaign ends on the last day of TFCon. Oddly enough, that was fairly intentional. But um, oh, <laughs> the the idea is that I will be at the TFCon in Toronto, but I haven't been able to finalize everything yet. 
but I am trying to be at the TFCon in Toronto. Uh, I wanted to go to TF Nation in the UK, but I think that's unlikely just due to scheduling conflicts. And, uh, and then most likely I will end up at the TFCon in, um, uh, in the US. In Chicago? Yeah, in Chicago. I will be also at Toy Fair in New York next year in February. And um, I've had a couple of invites to the New York Comic Con. But uh, again, dude, traveling from the Philippines, it sucks so bad. <laughs> Trying to, the flights are like 12, 14, 16 hours long. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's not fun. Well, if you need anybody to go in your place to uh, San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> we could probably find uh, we can find a couple people for you. Who who would be willing <laughs> to uh, to take? I, I I think I could go. Uh, Yoshi, you're you're right around the corner. You could probably probably make it, right? I, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we could find we could fill you your spot for you. No problem. <laughs> well, we, we can make that the, sacrifice. Yeah. Yes. I appreciate the offer. It is it is very very kind of you. That sacrifice is well noted. Yeah. Um, we, but no, I'll see you in Toronto. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we are a community driven company, definitely. Like everything about Moss Toys has always been let's, let's be as much part of the community as possible. And we do hope that eventually, you know, we can get more and more community involvement in certain things that we do and plan. But you you always know how it is at the end of the day. You need to be able to represent yourself appropriately at that table. You need of to course. be able to, uh, you know, you need to be able to talk to the people and, and be that. You, you need to feel the passion, right? The passion is what it's all about. So. Look, we passionately want to go to San Diego. So since <laughs> I live really close to Vancouver, I'll drive up. I'll get some poutine. I will freeze dry it and send it to you. Mm. <laughs> that would that would that, that, that just might do it I'm telling you that, that would be great poutine is Tim a Hortons. very difficult thing to get in the Philippines very some Tim Hortons thing. coffee you want some Timmy's oh man I do miss the Timmy's yes see I think the Timmy's might put it over Yoshi might be able to get it done yeah, I think that's fair a bucket of poutine and some coffee for a hotel room and trip to San Diego <laughs> what could possibly go wrong Possibly, yes. <laughs> um, Spencer, I want to thank you very much for joining us here today on the uh, on the show. This has been really, really educational. You guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's, it's a great opportunity to be able to talk with more uh, like-minded individuals and whatnot. As you can imagine, I don't get to talk to a lot of people in the Philippines about Transformers. They're... Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that often. So I, I really appreciate you guys having me here. No problem. Uh, where, if any, uh, are there places people can get a hold of you if they want to? Yes, uh, I am on Facebook. I'm fairly easy to find. Just look up Spencer Wilson and um, you'll find I already belong to a lot of the major Facebook transformer groups and whatnot. So I should pop up fairly easily. And if you are looking for me specifically, can't find me on Facebook, hit me up at info at mosstoys.com and the email will get to me eventually, you know, through the right channels. So mm-hmm. I can always be reached either way. 
And there, the Maz Toys also has a Twitter, which is at Maz underscore. I say I keep saying Maz. It's Maz uh, underscore Toys. It's M double A S underscore Toys. Correct. Yes, and Maz Toys does have an Instagram as well. So, yeah, and a Weibo. If there's any anyone listening from China, we do have Weibo. You can access the the Weibo fairly easily through the uh, the Weibo account. And YouTube and Yuku. Pretty much any oh, wow. social media. You can find us. Awesome. You're all over the place. All over the place. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again, uh, Spencer, for joining us. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, seeing you at uh, the conventions this year. Yes, me too. I, I look forward to meeting each and every one of you. And definitely feel free to come over and say hi and, you know, Ask away. Ask your questions. Mm-hmm. All right. And we'll be following this uh, crowdfunding uh, project uh, full right to its fruition. Great. Great. Thank you. And any support is, uh, you know, obviously more than appreciated for the entire team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely be linking it in the show notes. And uh, and, and and definitely if uh, you uh, want to link it in any of your social medias, go right ahead. Oh, we will be. Definitely. Perfect. All right. uh, Thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Transmissions. Remember, you can help support the show by donating to us directly via Patreon or PayPal. Once you become a donor, you will receive access to donor-only goodies, like donor-only contests, listening to us record transmissions live, and getting transmission swag at 20% off. You can find links for this at transmissionspodcast.com slash support. Subscribing to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play is also a great way to support us here at Transmissions. Every subscription we get helps us get better noticed on those services. Leaving us a comment and five-star review doesn't hurt either. Be sure to come chat with us on Discord. You will find a link for Discord at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always send us an email at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week.